Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Gators Breakdown, because there's never a dull moment in Gator Nation. Here we go. Surprise episode, Gators Breakdown. Straight to the point. Gators get tied in Eric Gilbert. Transfer from LSU. Man, here we go. Gators Breakdown podcast is definitely ready to go with that great news. I am your host, David Waters. You can find me on Twitter. At Gator Dave underscore SEC and joining you just like right on the hills, right on the hills of the announcement here of tied in you know, former five star, former five star. Uh, I mean, he was the fifth overall player in the country in 2020 is one Eric Gilbert went to LSU, didn't work out at LSU. He is now a Florida Gator just kind of filling in. Right, right, at, right after Kyle Pitts goes, and we get the, uh, another monster at tight end. So a lot of good news, a lot of good stuff happening here uh, for, for for the Gators on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, uh, as I said, you lose one big-time mismatch weapon, and you get another uh, coming here. So, of course, he's got to live up to that billing. He's got to go put in the work to be the next Kyle Pitts, but at least you have somebody in the mold that will give you <laughs> a possibility of being the next Kyle Pitts. So we'll get into uh, and get into that a bit more here, uh, of course. It's just, the, this will be a quick episode. I'll get into some tweets and uh, hopefully some of your comments here on YouTube as well. If I can go back through them kind of simple, <laughs> we'll see uh, how simple that'll be. But, I mean, big news for the Gators. So, of course, I was hopping on here. Uh, this is like 7.40 on Sunday night at 8.30 uh, an episode I recorded on Friday with Mike Farrell <laughs> will become live on uh, on YouTube. So a lot of content coming your way. I wish the Eric Gilbert news uh, would have broke Friday and I could have talked to Mike about it. Uh, but oh, well, you know, there, there's some a lot of good content in there. Kind of we talked about Dan Mullen in the transfer portal uh, that I, I did with Mike Farrell. So. You'll get, you'll get those thoughts too, but remember, we didn't have uh, Eric Gilbert coming to Florida <laughs> as a uh, uh, as a for sure thing when I was talking to Mike Farrell. So that episode, I mean, look, it's not even out yet. already kind of a couple of days old because of this Eric Gilbert news. But oh well, uh, a lot of good stuff uh, there with Mike in, in the world of recruiting and all that good stuff. But yeah, a lot of stuff here. Um, everybody, you can follow me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SEC. You can follow Gators Breakdown on social media at Gators Breakdown on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, find the podcast on all the podcast platforms out there. Uh, and uh, thank you for uh, a lot of you, uh, some of you, uh, a good bit now, <laughs> are joining in out here on, on short notice uh, on YouTube. But uh, uh, thanks so much on that. I threw the link on Twitter just right before I went live here. So a lot of, a lot of good stuff here to, 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 to talk about. I mean, this is, this is no small, uh, no small deal here. 
you've went and, and, and got one of the best players in the country from the 2020 class. And look, I mean, let me find the uh, timeline here, uh, of course, but Gilbert, and it was kind of a, him announcing it himself, you know, not Florida announcing it or anything like that. Him kind of just out of the blue. And look, he didn't have to make this decision until May. Um, you know, he's not going to be early enrollee on campus now in January. Uh, it's kind of too late for that. Guys have already been in, in, in class and all that. So if I'm remembering right, that's, I'm pretty sure Gilbert will not be on campus until May. But he's went ahead and, and committed to Florida uh, well ahead of time. So like I said, uh, if you've listened to the uh, Gators Breakdown kind of throughout this, following this, you knew this was a possibility, but uh, not enrolling until May here. But uh, Gilbert says – on Twitter, after careful consideration, I have decided to commit to University of Florida. This is the best situation for me, and I'm excited to join the family. So big time, big time, big time <laughs> commit here uh, for the Gators. And look, you know, the play of this Florida Gator offense and, and Kyle Pitts uh, this past year absolutely has a lot to do with it. I know Kyle Pitts, they, they got to – they got him involved in this and, and to talk to Gilbert and how they're going to use him uh, and, and all that. So, yeah, of course, you could show him highlights. You could have Kyle Pitts talk to him. You could have all, uh, you know, Dan Mullen and, and Gonzalez. Because, look, I mean, Kyle Pitts, there's this video that goes around on Twitter a whole lot. And a lot of rivals made fun of it, of the Florida wide receivers, uh, kind of the, their um, – their, footwork they, they work on their footwork and it looks like a dance in a way and they're all synchronized and all that well we know it works <laughs> we've seen the production uh from the florida uh receiver core but i remember looking at that video and i just saw it recently again and i pinpointed it and put it in the back of my head it's look hey kyle pitts is out there too kyle pitts is out there with billy gonzalez and and this um some it was some uh wide receiver i don't think it was a it wasn't a wide receiver coach on on uh staff uh, but I believe they, had, you know, maybe brought somebody else in to kind of uh, help there. And I remember seeing Kyle Pitts in that as well. And you know, he's working with the receivers on the footwork, on route running. And I mean, there you go. So we've seen the production the last couple of years. We've seen Kyle Pitts go out there and win the Mackey Award, have finished tenth in the Heisman Trophy, not playing all games this season. Basically, a lot of people labeling him out there the best player in the country. And Eric Gilbert wants to follow in those footsteps and. You know, we'll get into uh, a bit here. I mean, everything about him leaving LSU happened the week they LSU played Florida. He had played the week before versus uh, Alabama, I believe. And then all of a sudden, he's not going to play versus Florida and then sit out the rest of the season. So I'm going to go back right quick. I went ahead and pulled it. Uh, Blake Rafino, who was on Gators Breakdown that week from LSU's um, he's, he's from all you, are you serious sports? He covers LSU. I'm going to play the soundbite from him right quick from back in the week leading up to Florida LSU when all the Eric Gilbert news uh, was breaking. And now you have Eric Gilbert. Um, I'm not going to say because it's just some rumors and something that I can't validate. Uh, but there have been talks about there have been some tampering with Eric Gilbert from other teams inside the SEC, and no, not Florida. <laughs> so mm-hmm. Florida's not one of them. But there's a team in the East that you don't like too much who might be the one that's doing it. So he came out, Ed Orgeron came out and, and did something and said that he didn't, uh, that I thought that he shouldn't have done. He didn't really protect his player really well. He said that Eric Gilbert came to his office and said, my body hurts. 
What do you mean your body hurts? This is SEC football. I don't believe that. I don't believe Ed Orgeron. I think there's an underlying thing going on there as well. His mom came down from Marietta, Georgia. So you're thinking about opting out because of a shoulder injury, but your mom comes down from Georgia? Hmm. Yeah. It's a little bit interesting. So there we go. You know, thanks for Blake there. I was trying to get him to come on tonight a bit, but he's uh, he was tied up today and tomorrow. So I want to go ahead and get some out for you guys uh, there. Blake no, really knows that LSU program, knows the insides uh, insides of that program as well. So uh, you you hope everything's okay. You hope everything with the way he left LSU and and you know, hopefully personally. I mean, if his mom come all the way down, uh, I'm sure they had to get some things figured out. Probably some personal issues. I'm not saying good or bad there. You know, I, I don't really know. I'm not going to throw out a bunch of rumors or anything. But, you know, apparently, the, I mean, look, there were some issues there. I'm sure it wasn't just like I don't want to be at LSU anymore. I'm sure something happened. I'm sure some personal issues, good or bad. Uh, and, you know, he left LSU. And as Blake alluded to, a lot of it, the, the talk out there was he wanted to be closer to home, uh, wanted to be closer to his family. Um, you know, Gainesville's not – he's from up, up north Georgia there. Um, not too close at <laughs> Gainesville. So that a lot of people were thinking, oh, he's going to go to Georgia uh, and look, go to Blake's point there, maybe some tampering going on. And, you know, did Georgia try and get in Gilbert's ear well before all this happened? I think that's something if you go back and uh, look at, maybe um, that's out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I don't know. Uh, we'll see. I think Tennessee, maybe he got involved as well, but it ends up being the Florida Gators who, end up getting the commitment of one uh, Eric Gilbert. And look, a couple things I want to hit on uh, here of how big this is for Florida. Go back to the 2020 class now. I mean, this Florida's made headway here a year later. Don't give me, you know, you would have rather had these guys a year ago commit and, and be in school and been contributors to the 2020 team. But you go back now, you have five-star Demarcus Bowman and you have five-star Eric Gilbert. Eric Gilbert, the fifth overall player in 2020. Demarcus Bowman, 20th overall player. So you just went and got a top five player and a top 20 player who wasn't on your 2020 team, who was 2020 recruits. But now you get them in Gainesville and you get them their full eligibility because remember, 2020 didn't count against eligibility for college football players. Now here's the thing. They can still leave after three years of remove of removed from high school ball. So if Demarcus Bowman and Eric Gilbert are who we think they are, Florida's only going to get them for two years. Florida's only going to get them for this year, 2021 and 2022, because they can leave since they're you know for the NFL after you know being uh, removed from high school football for three years. Look, you want that? If Demarcus Bowman and Eric Gilbert play two years for Florida. That means those two years were probably pretty good. If you get them for three years, probably still probably still good players and still can make an impact. But if they're here for only two two years, that means you, they're putting up stats, they're developing for the NFL, and they're going to the NFL. And that's a good thing. If they're, if they're here for only two years, that's, that's more than likely. Yeah, I can't say for sure, but more than likely, it's a good thing. That means they're on the field, they're producing, putting up numbers, and winning ballgames. If, if those two guys are only here for two years, that means this Florida offense is working. Hopefully the defense gets better and you're winning ball games because he just went got two top 20 players. They're producing. They're three years removed from high school. You got two years with them, and they go into the NFL. That's the that's the best scenario. It really is the best scenario. So, don't get me wrong. I like to have them for three years. But if they're producing at the level we want them to produce at, they're only going to be here for two years. 
So we'll, we'll take that. We'll take that. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, we'll, we'll take that there. So, and, and now you got to look at this Florida Gator tight end and wide receiver room. Kamori Gamble, Keon Zipper were your two tight ends that you were looking at. You would say good. You would say good. Now it just went and got great. You just went and got great. You got somebody who maybe can reproduce a lot of what you saw Kyle Pitts do this past season. Helps the wide receiver room as well. You know, this, <clears throat> this position, this hybrid tight end is a receiver in a lot of ways. Not all the time. You know, we saw Kyle Pitts get better as a blocker in 2020. Eric Gilbert's going to have to, you know, pr- pr- prove that he can block. Uh, as well, especially if he wants to go on and play in the NFL and be highly regarded as Kyle Pitts is. You know, Kyle Pitts was going to be highly regarded anyway. He improved the worst part of his game in blocking. And now you see him in top tens of mock drafts. If Eric Gilbert wants to get that way, he's going to go out there and have to have to block as a tight end and then play receiver as well in some of the roles. You know, have to be that hybrid. And this is a guy, Kyle Pitts, 6'6", 246. Eric Gilbert, 6'5", 253. I'm telling you, the, they, they are as close <laughs> as they can be and looking like clones for that for that type of position and for that type of production, for that type of mismatch here for the Florida Gator offense. And this is big news for Emory Jones for, for 2021. Look, we know this offense. We still, it, with Emory Jones, with this stable of running backs, including Demarcus Bowman now, this is going to be a more run-focused offense. But now you've just lined it up where when you are going to throw, you should have mismatches. If you're running the ball at a level that we th- hope, think is possible with this stable of running backs and improved offensive line because they're going back to this run style, the big plays in the passing game should be there. You know, you're a lot of play action, a lot of pulling up the defenders because they're trying to stop the run. And then you have somebody like an Eric Gilbert who's mismatch one-on-one because the run game's working and all he's got to do is go beat one guy. Well, if he's anything like Kyle Pitts, he's going to be open or he's going to beat that one guy for a big play. That's what you're looking for here. So this helps Emory Jones so much, so much. Now you got Copeland, Henderson, and now Eric Gilbert. I think you know, that's, your, that's your top three right there. Trent Whittemore, you know, you're four. I mean, to me, there's your four options. Throwing zipper as well. I mean, that's a good four or five player option crew right there at tight end wide receiver for uh, for for one Emory Jones. So I I like it, it, it and, and it helps the other uh, helps the other um, receivers. It helps um, Jacob Copeland. It helps Xavier Henderson. It helps Trip Whittemore. I mean, we saw Kadarius Tony and the way he was able to benefit from a player like Kyle Pitts on the field and how the other way around <laughs> how how uh, the other was able to benefit because you know Kyle Pitts I think benefited from Kadarius Tony being on the field there was many times where you saw one guy be the focus of the offense in the first half and the other guy be more the focus of the offense in the second half because the defense tried to adjust at halftime you need more than one option and you get an option like this at tight end closer to the line of scrimmage a guy that could play more in the middle of the field and get a linebacker or get a safety on him it's a mismatch. <laughs> so, um, and with that, with the mismatch, I'm going to go and, of course, I got some some stats here from Eric Gilbert in his time at LSU. So, he had 35 receptions, 368 yards, only two touchdowns, but uh, not bad. But, look, when, when, that, when they were rolling into the Florida game, Eric Gilbert would have been LSU's 
top active receiver at that point. At that point, you see, Terrence Marshall had opted out. So, you know, Gilbert was pretty important at, at that time. He was the top active receiver heading into that Florida game once Terrence Marshall opted out. 35 receptions, 368 yards, two touchdowns. He was followed by Kayshawn Boutte, who went crazy versus Florida <laughs> in that game. He had more receptions and more yards than Boutte did. So there you go. I mean, you, you see the type of player Eric Gilbert was when you know, LSU's offense was serviceable for, for most of the year, good for most of the year, took a bit of a dip, and then found their stride again late in the year versus Florida in, in LSU. But here we go. Like I said, Gilbert, 35 receptions, 368 yards, two touchdowns. But here's what it was. He needed when, – when they needed to make him to make a play, they did. He kept the chains moving. Of his 35 receptions – 24 resulted in either a first down or a touchdown. Of the 24 receptions that resulted in a first down, 11 came on third or fourth down. So there you go. I mean, he was a big third down target to keep the chains moving. Now, you want to see that evolve into being, you know, <laughs> an option on every down. But if you're, I mean, if you, if you can at least do that, if you can at least be the guy on third down, fourth down, be the clutch type of receiver, keep the chains moving, then that's pretty good. I mean, <laughs> that's that, that's really good uh, to keep the offense on the field. And now you were a freshman last year at LSU. Keep that up, evolve your game, and be the overall weapon where it doesn't matter what down, you're going to be the main target or one of the main targets uh, like that, making plays all over the field. But there you go. I mean, that's what you're getting just after a freshman uh, season at LSU. So I, mean, I think uh, go back and look at it. I have to go back and look, but probably more production than Kyle Pitts in his freshman year. Now, LSU needed it. <laughs> they had the force uh, there because they had uh, so many uh, players uh, missing from their national championship team. Uh, but there you go. I mean, that's the type of player that you're getting. We won Eric Gilbert. So big, big news. Great news for the Gators. And I'll get into a few tweets here uh, before I hop off. You know, this was Pretty quick episode, of course. I mean, <laughs> kind of busy. That news surprised me uh, a bit that it was coming down the pipe uh, there. So uh, let's see here. Uh, Andrew Scott says, hard to be upset with recruiting when we land guys like this in the portal. Uh, I see that point. I still think you got to get better in recruiting. Uh, but don't get me wrong. This do- <laughs> this doesn't hurt. This is a, this is a good plan B uh, for this staff. And we've seen time and time again, how this transfer portal is worked by Dan Mullen and staff and how it how important it is for, for the skaters to build their team. You just went and got DeMarcus Bowman, so it, it remains to be seen what type of player he'll be for the Gators, but imagine it will be productive. Jonathan Grenard, Van Jefferson, Trevon Grimes, Adam Schuler. I mean, those were guys who made big, big impacts for the skater team the last few years, big-time contributors, and... The Gators wouldn't have been nowhere without it. Would have been hard without them uh, to replicate the production and all the wins that you had these past, uh, you know, this Dan Mullen's first three years. So I can tell you, <laughs> they they know how to work the portal. And I, while I, while I, you know, I'll sit here and I'll, I'll I'll say it over and over again: recruiting does have to get better. But the game is changing. The game is changing a bit, and you got to hit the, the transfer portal. You got to get some talent in there. That way, when you see deficiencies on your roster. And you know, a lot of people and look, the big question is, and you'll hear it when I interview Mike Farrell, you know, there's the big Terry and Arnold uh, situation out there. And if you follow it pretty closely, you know, there's 
talk of will Florida go, will Florida pursue him? And I know that kind of sounds like a ridiculous question for a five star, but Florida wanted some options on their roster. There's only about two spots left on this Florida roster. Now only one with Gilbert coming in. So there you go. You know, you kind of Florida's doing some roster balancing right now. So Terry Arnold's still out there. Probably a Georgia-Alabama battle right now because you got one more spot left more than likely, and you're probably going to save that for May transfer offensive lineman, linebacker, receiver. I don't think – I think that's pretty much taken care of now. But those were the positions that you were looking at that for. So now I'm not trying to make the excuse for the staff. I'm a big believer in stars matter, and you get as many five stars on your roster as you can, but you can kind of see where – all right, well, we need this kind of we need this room for Eric Gilbert. We need this room for an offensive lineman we may get in the transfer portal. So there you go. I mean, you you, you kind of see where where the balancing comes in. And I've always said numbers work themselves out, and most of the time uh, they do. But Florida, you know, has short numbers right now. Uh and you're filling one hole they had on the roster uh with Eric Gilbert. So there's the balancing between recruiting and the transfer portal right now. You have to attack it different. And uh, Florida's attacked it pretty well <laughs> in the portal. Brandon Eisenman, uh, he covers LSU as well. Um, and pretty um, – I like what he says here. And pretty to the point uh, from an LSU side of things. Because I hope Florida turns him into what he was supposed to be in Baton Rouge. It would just go to show that the offensive coaches at LSU lack the ability – to showcase his skills. I'm super mad that he had to go to a rival to be great. And that's coming from a, an LSU fan, a diehard LSU fan that I know Brandon is. Uh, and saying he wasn't getting recruited or uh, developed at LSU. And now he, he hopes for the kid that he sees it in, in Gainesville uh, for, for one Eric Gilbert. So uh, there we go. And says it just shows the, the, Offensive coaches at LSU lack ability to showcase his skills. As I said, he had with 35 catches. I mean, that's pretty good for a freshman. But maybe Brandon saw, you know, he probably should have been even more of an impact uh, there for the Tigers. And maybe that come into part of the decision of now. Don't you know? Don't get me wrong. I don't necessarily like seeing players just so I'm not being used right. Uh, he was playing <laughs> and he left LSU. So I think there was more to the situation of him leaving LSU besides just playing time. Besides of how it be of how he was being used. I mean, like I said, his mom, you know, as you heard Blake say earlier, his mom come all the way down to Baton Rouge. Something was going on. They needed to get it figured out. He ends up leaving LSU and coming to Florida. Uh, Kirsten, Kirsten, sorry, hopefully, hopefully I say that right. Uh, may not get them as high school seniors, but once they hit the real world, we can sell the plan pretty well. And that's how it goes, uh, you know, in, in the transfer portal. As I said, we've seen the success there. But, you know, but what is it that – uh, developed and more mature players out there see at Florida through the transfer portal that they don't see as recruits. And part of it is you've seen the development. You've seen the guys go to the NFL. You've seen guys make plays. Uh, and now, especially Kyle Pitts, and you can sell that pretty easy to a tight end right now. So that, that's not too hard. You hear there's a five-star tight end in the transfer portal you can make that sale pretty good. Uh, so yeah, th- this one in particular, probably not all that hard in, in selling. Now you get, you still got to go get the job done and, and credit to, to, to Brewster as well. Uh, Tim Brewster, the, uh, the, the Florida tight end coach, 
he was heavy on this too. I get I gave Kyle Pitts a lot of credit earlier of how they involved involved him, but Mullen, Brewster, I'm sure Gonzalez to a point as well, uh, all with a hand here in getting a, uh, another transfer uh, in here. And there was a lot to sell, a lot to sell on this one, and a lot to sell history of hey, all these guys come in from somewhere else, and they've left Florida better than when they got here. So I think that's a big, big selling point uh, for some transfers out there. Chris Chandler says, Emory better take the next step as a passer. Copeland, Henderson, Shorter, Burke, Gilbert to go along with Bowman. Yeah, it kind of goes to a point there. And I left Burke off. (laughs) I left Shorter off. In a way, that's a good thing because I think Florida still has some options at the receiver in the tight end position uh, here. So, yeah, I mean, put it this way. I don't think there's going to be any excuses for Emory Jones. You go out there and you have these weapons at receiver. Now throwing in Gilbert there, I mean, you've got to you've got to make the best of your opportunity. You've got a pretty good core there. Now, I'm not sure they're at the level of the wide receiver group that we've seen the last couple of years. And you know, you guys know I defended the wide receiver transition from 2019 to 2020. I didn't think it was going to be all that different. This year, I kind of see a drop off a bit, but now. It, it ticks back up with Gilbert uh, and if he can live up to that five-star potential. So, but I do think there's enough there where I don't think that will be a whole big excuse for if Emory Jones is able to pass or not. I think there's enough there to determine if Emory Jones is going to be a successful passing quarterback. Uh, Chris at uh, Chris Detlink 14 says, quote, Dan can't recruit. Unquote. Yeah, maybe not the high schoolers as well as others, but when their fake promises run out at their old school, they know where to go. It's becoming a trend. Absolutely, absolutely there. Uh, Dustin at Dustin J. Kent says, here we go, kind of going to the Emory uh, point right here. What a luxury for a first-year starting quarterback, and what a godsend for a team with some questions at wide receiver. There we go. That's kind of just where I was going. There, there are more questions at wide receiver this year. I still think it's a good group, but now you add in this guy, and it does help Emory Jones. It does help the offense. Where does it go from here? Where does it go from here? It's going to be a run-focused offense, but now I feel I, I think the explosiveness can still be there. If the run game is working, there's going to be a lot of one-on-one coverage. There's going to be a lot for Emory Jones to take advantage of coverage-wise with his arm. I'm ready to see it. Ready to see it. Andrew Cummings says, guess Dan still cares. Ha ha, let's go. <laughs> so, and look, yeah, that's been a hot topic on message boards and Twitter of, of all the NFL talk and some of the coaching hires. Does Dan Mullen still care? Well, still going out there and getting some five-star recruits uh, to, uh, you know, even through, even though it's through the transfer portal, get those recruits to come to Florida and, and making and hopefully making a big impact. So yeah, of course, of course he still cares. I, I get the. I get the jokes out there. I think that I hope I hope they're mostly jokes out there. Oh, does he still care? Yes, he still cares. He's I mean, he's gonna be up Florida for a while. I, I I still, you know, I said that when all the NFL talk was uh, was there. I I'll, I'll agree with you. You can question the hires here, uh, but I don't know if that is necessarily indicative of Dan Mullen caring or not wanting to be at Florida. <laughs> so uh, I think you know we're we're in good hands. Uh, for a bit, they're still bringing in talent, maybe through more through the transfer portal uh, than um, you know. Look, signing days this week. Uh, that's one reason I brought uh, Matt Farrell on from Rivals, and that episode will be debuting. Uh, if you're watching us live now, now it'll be debuting on YouTube at 8:30 here on Sunday night. But um, still bringing in talent through the transfer portal. Still bringing in talent, uh, hitting hitting spots in the uh, 
high school recruiting rankings, but uh, there we go. There we go. I mean, good news. Good news. One, I mean, I'll come here on bad news too, of course. <laughs> you guys, the guys, I know I don't shy away uh, from, from from the bad news as well. But you get a big time talent like this. Of course, I'm. If I can make it happen, I'll I'll come on YouTube and, and share it with you guys. Put out I'll put out the podcast version as well. But uh, there you go. About uh, a few of you still hanging around. Thank you much. Thank you much on short notice uh, for jumping on here on Gators Breakdown while we talk. Eric Gilbert transferring to the University of Florida. And that'll do it for this episode of Gators Breakdown. I'm your host, David Waters. You can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SEC. Guys and girls out there, thanks for listening to this episode of Gators Breakdown. <laughs>